Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. Sports Radio 610 welcomes you back. Sean Bajani. that is me. He is Patrick Creighton. Uh, we'll get to a little uh, mock draft conversation here momentarily, but PC wanted to have a little fun talking about Jeremy Pena's spot in the lineup, little Astros baseball. So what'd you have in mind, man? So since Pena's going to bat in the bottom of the lineup, I would expect he's going to bat the bottom of the lineup. The idea of, you know, how, how do the Astros lineup stack up? Uh-huh. Something that I, I kind of was like, you know, they should do this last year as a way to kind of break up the lefties, even though Jordan punishes lefties as much as he punishes righties. Tucker did not hit lefties as well as he had in the past last year. What do you think about instead of Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Tucker, Altuve, Jordan, Bregman, Tucker? Hmm. I would actually like to see Jordan in the two-hole. Hmm. I think it'll also get uh, Altuve uh, some more fastballs to look at. We know how much Altuve loves fastballs because you put Altuve on base because you're missing with the breaking ball, and then you've got to face Jordan Alvarez. That's that's daunting. All right, so tell me if I'm being a little too dorky about this, but... Dork! Jordan... All right, so I, I just kind of want to know this. The opportunities that the Astros had to drive in runs last year in the two spot. What is that in comparison to where Alvarez typically hit, which was in the three or the four? So if you've got Altuve being Altuve, being the table setter that he is, and Jeremy Pena at the bottom of the lineup where, you know, you begin an inning maybe with your 8-9-1. You feel pretty good about Pena leading off that inning. And then you got Jake Myers, presumably, um, and then Jose Altuve. Your 8-9-1 to set the table for Jordan Alvarez coming back in the two spot. That's kind of how I'm approaching that. When the two-hitter comes up, with guys on base, guys in scoring position, what has that typically looked like? Does that matter? Am I being too too analytical there? I think 
the analytic is right. You're just looking at it from the other angle. Okay. Jose Altuve's on base last year in 90 games was 393. He's on base nearly 40% of the time. Mm -hmm. The guy that I want up next is Jordan Alvarez because he is the guy most likely to drive Jose Altuve in. Mm -hmm. So I put my best hitter behind my best on base guy. And then behind that, because now you've got ideally Jordan either clearing bases or on bases, you're setting up Bregman and Tucker to get at bats with men on base and yeah. a run presumably already in. Yeah. You're also setting up teams where they're going to have to make decisions. Am I going to walk Jordan Alvarez in the seventh inning and pitch to Alex Bregman? And Bregman relishes in those situations. Is uh did the Yankees ever do that with Aaron Judge? The Yankees bat Aaron Judge second, half for years. Okay, that's right then. I was thinking three. Who's their three? Uh, you're right. Three has changed, but yeah, you're right. It is, is Aaron Judge. Aaron He's Judge been two for second. the guy. Man, um, you know, just look, Jordan's never don't... done it. They've hit him twice. They they rather bat him second in three games in his career. The Astros don't um, have a traditional leadoff hitter. They also don't have anybody who profiles as a traditional two hitter. So you might as well just fully embrace the analytics well, and just go, we're going to put our best guys at the very top and we're going to score early and we're going to put pressure on the other team. Hey, we're going to get early runs. And if you give up to the next set of guys, you're effed. Yeah. You're just flat out effed. Yeah. You know, you have the lineup that could absolutely do it when you've got guys like Bregman and Tucker and, um, you know, pop throughout the lineup, really, when you consider what the projected numbers are, you know, could be for one Yiner Diaz. And, look, I'm not forgetting about Jose Abreu either. That's that's a meaty part of the middle portion of that order that, uh, you know, has – potential for some pop too, even later in his career. I mean, if you can get 20 homers out of Jose Abreu, holy smokes. Uh, Example, I, I, you know who bats second for the junk grabbers? Uh, who? Corey Seager. Seager. He's their best hitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of teams have, have, have shifted to do that, right? And, you know, maybe they've projected Alex Bregman as being that guy, which is, you know, why why they've kind of left him where he's at, you know, in hopes of regaining those power numbers from, you know, 2019. What do you hit that year? Like 38 bombs from the two hole when he finished second in MVP oh, voting? he hit a ton of homers. I think he hit 38. He, it was a career he high had, year. I mean, he, his OPS was, was sky high. I mean, he was 2019, Alex Bregman had 41 homers. 41, okay. At 10-15 OPS. Yeah. At third base. Okay. But if you're getting, like, can, I don't think we'll ever see that type of a year. I don't want to say that. I'm not going to say you're never going to see that again from Bregman. You very well could see it this year. But in terms of, like, you know, who he can be every single year, he's not a 41 homer a year guy. I think no. he had 41, and I think he maybe has 38, and everything else has been kind of like in the 20s, he's right? He's got 41. 2018, he had 31. 31, that's what I'm thinking um, of. Then. Otherwise, Full seasons, yeah. 2017, he had 19. 
22, he had 23. Last year, he had 25. If we could get 2018 Bregman, which was 31 homers, 286 average, 394 on base, 926 OPS, that that dude's a absolute friggin' boss. And, and, but you're talking about two guys, and Bregman and Jordan, with, and Bregman's plate discipline is absolutely elite. It's among the very, very best. Jordan's is very, very good, too. It's, to me, kind of a pick-your-poison if you're the Astros. I mean, could, can you do better than Bregman? Yeah, you can. I'd be willing to experiment with that, with Jordan in the two-hole. I don't think that's a terrible idea. It doesn't matter if it's never happened. And I started thinking about this in relation to what we were discussing with Jeremy Pena. Uh, you know, batting in the two-hole, it's where he's got most of his career at bats, but he's hit a little bit in the seventh, hit a little bit in the eighth. Um, this is Joe Espada, a guy coming in with maybe some different ideas. And I I have a feeling he's he's going to, you know, shake some things up, you know, albeit maybe subtly sometimes. It's going to be a little bit different than what we've been used to, you know, the last, uh, you know, four or five years with Dusty Baker. A, a big part of this is going to be, do we get September and playoff Abreu for a whole season? Or do we get something resembling last season's Jose Abreu, where he played with a bum back and looked like a bum sometimes. Oh, yeah, that's that's a ma- major question. If you get playoff Abreu with mm-hmm. his 900-plus OPS, yeah. that guy bats behind Kyle Tucker. Yeah. If you're going to get... Give me 2022 White Sox Abreu. A, a guy, if you're going to get the Abreu <laughs> who has like a, you know, a, barely a 700 OPS, well, to me, that guy's going to bat seven. But I think we're going to get a better Jose Abreu this year. I really, I, th- I think a healthy Abreu is going to post at least an 800 OPS. In which case, you've got Tucker, uh, you've got Abreu, you have Chaz, you have Yiner, and then you get into Jeremy Pena. And if Jeremy Pena can give us that, you know, 260, 330, 25 homers, which he's very capable of, out of the eight spot. That lineup is going to be freaking evil. Could you imagine a scenario in which Yiner is not batting seven, but maybe five? If Yiner's batting five, it's correlation between either, him and Jose Abreu. That's what you're either kind of getting he at. is absolutely raking, mm-hmm. and Abreu and Chaz are not, uh, or there are a lot of injuries. I mean, I'm just thinking Yiner, Yiner should really be six or seven. Because he doesn't walk at all. Does not walk. Hits a ton of homers. Not going to walk. And he needs to improve his plate discipline, which is not so much um, that he's swinging and missing at all these bad pitches. It's that he's swinging and hitting bad pitches that are turning into outs instead of laying off of them and then zoning in on where his power spots are. He has tremendous power. He hits for a good average. He doesn't walk. Mm-hmm. He needs to improve yeah. his walking. Yeah. When he gets there, he'll be a five hitter. When you got a three ten on base, you're a seven hitter. Yeah, and maybe I'm just thinking like a little bit of fantasy land, but it's it's kind of fun to go down that path. If you envision a lineup of, it's pretty amazing to think Yiner five. His on base was three oh eight. Yeah, and his OPS was eight forty six. Yes, because if he ever learns to walk, he's a nine hundred OPS <laughs> sure, guy he was behind slugging. the plate. He's slugging the hell out of the ball. If you can get Abreu, or rather Yiner 5, Abreu 6. If, with, if you're uh, a 280-hitting, power-hitting catcher with a 900-plus OPS, 
You're Mike Piazza. <laughs> I don't have to tell you where Mike Piazza is nowadays. Yeah, sure. And I don't mean bankrupting Italian soccer clubs. <laughs> Dang, is it going that well over there? <laughs> it's already a been there, done that. Oh, goodness. 713-572-4610. 572-4610. Text message. All the white Sox fans were saying Abreu starts slow like Breggy typically does. That's true historically. But the problem was is that typical slow start for Jose Abreu when he was with the White Sox was in and around like a 240, 230 kind of a first month or so before he heated up. Uh, It wasn't the 180, 190 version of Jose Abreu with no pop at all. uh, No, he had a bum back and he couldn't couldn't get the torque on a swing when they finally sat him down. And put him on the on the IL, and yeah, he, he got came two back. Weeks. He got two weeks, and all right? of a sudden, it's like he's rejuvenated, mm-hmm. and you saw the power come back. He had a thousand OPS in the, in the postseason. He hit the snipe four homers in the postseason. Sure, you've got the ability with so much versatility on this Astros ball club. That's going to be another interesting uh, thing to watch how Joe Espada handles it. Because look, Abreu, he's older, thirty seven. I think he'll be thirty eight at some point later on in the season, right? You give him more days off than you typically had. And I love the Iron Man mentality. I love that about him, particularly. But you give him more days off to stay a little bit more fresher. You have the ability to do that. You have options at first base. I don't know who you decide to play there. Yiner's played first base before. Jordan's played first base before. I think there was conversation about uh, Dubon playing a little bit of first base. Um Hensley's played first base. You've got options. Um, And we're talking about, look, even if it's one day a week, you're probably making that up, and that would be the bet somewhere else in the lineup. If Abreu's out and insert anybody that I just named, whether it be Hensley, Dubon, uh, Yiner, whatever, you've got, you're going to get production elsewhere in the lineup. You're that deep right now on paper as the Astros are going into the season. And when they play Doobie, and obviously they play Doobie in center because uh whatever reason they, they can't play Doobie in left because of whatever reason they can't play Chaz in center when Doobie's in the outfield for whatever reason. I don't know yeah. what these reasons no, are. Doobie will fill in on the infield but, but for when, a time or two. When you have Doobie and Chaz in the outfield with Tuck and Jordan DHing, mm-hmm. that might be the best lineup in baseball. When Doobie's where? When Doobie's in the lineup instead of Oh, Myers. you're just saying in the lineup period. When yeah. he's in the lineup instead of Myers, so he's playing in the outfield yeah, instead of Jake Myers. Sure. That might be the best lineup in baseball. I, I, I won't disagree with you, just but it's the problem is it's based really on last year. You know, that was a career year for Dubon. He had gotten an opportunity to be an everyday player and he liked it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's not gonna have that opportunity, presumably, this year because the Astros are gonna give Jake Myers every chance to fail or succeed this spring in this regular season. And when he does one or the other, Dubon is either going to be relegated to the position that he's played, you know, through the first handful of years in the bigs, or more is going to be asked of him. And the problem with that, if he needs to become more of an everyday kind of a player again this year for the Astros, there's there's a real question there of, look, can he replicate that? Can he run it back? I thought one of the big tells for Doobie last year was, he gets off to the really hot start. Yeah. And then in the summer, he went through a lull mm-hmm. where, I mean, he couldn't buy a hit for like three weeks. But he found his way out of it. And then not only did he hit the snot out of the ball going down the stretch, yeah, 
but he hit with more power. Well, and he was clutch, too. He came up with some big hits. He was hitting high average and power yeah. late in the season. You're right. And, like, that to me said a lot about Dubon. This wasn't, hey, he figured a little something out, and then the league adjusted, and now he's back to being a, a punch and Judy hitter who misses a lot. Who did he get he with? Figured it back out. Who did he get with? He's. He, I remember like right around the All Star break or something like that. He was. He spent a lot of time with somebody on this Astros squad. Work Jordan. Yeah, he spent a lot of time with Jordan in the yeah. off season, where uh, he had kind of. So last year in the off season, after the season, mm-hmm. Dubon went to Astros management. He's like, "I'm a better player than this. Help me find the player that I know I am." Mm-hmm. And they changed his eating habits, and they changed his workout. And they changed, you know, his his approach to play. And he became close with Jordan, and he started talking to Jordan about hitting, and incorporated a lot of the things that Jordan was telling him uh, into his approach at the plate. And the Astros wanted to get him stronger. Mm-hmm. What they saw was, all right, we're seeing a lot of ground balls that you're hitting that are seventy eight. 82 miles an hour off the bat. At 90 miles an hour off the bat, those are hits. Mm-hmm. But at 80, they're outs. We can get you to be stronger, and you can increase your exit velocity. Just ground ball, those outs become singles. Yeah. And what was happening is he was increasing his barrel rate. He was increasing his exit velocity. And those ground balls were becoming line drives. Mm-hmm. And instead of being singles, they were doubles. And, so, you know, Dubon's got great speed. So anything that could be a double, yeah, he's looking double. <laughs> yeah. So if Doobie can mostly replicate that, mm-hmm. he is a far superior option to Myers offensively. And the defensive differentiation doesn't justify playing a 220 hitter. Over 275 him. Well, we'll see if Joe Espada agrees with that. Again, that's going to be an interesting follow, and I think he tends to side more with uh, how you're breaking it down. 713-572-4610. You want to be the conversation? Get in. Coming up next, you're going to be on or off. It's bandwagon time. Stay there. It's Area 45. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Come on aboard, yeah, he's been off the wagon two years. Off the wagon? I think it's off the wagon. I think it's on the wagon. You're back on the wagon. Right off the wagon. What the hell do you know about wagons? I know enough not to get on them. Told you. All right, it's time to get on or get off. It's time to play the bandwagon. You ready, Bajani? Let's go, baby. All right, Southland Conference basketball, baby. Texas A&M Commerce and Incarnate Word. Good Lord, stop it right now. You would get me excited. That uh, the players from Incarnate (laughs) Word, they would be very Christian-like in their behaviors. However... Uh, this post-game handshake line was anything but uh, Christian in its execution. Listen to uh, this call as the handshake line turns into an absolute brawl. No, no, this is not good. This is really not good. We've got punches being thrown. This is really bad. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, full team fight. Coaches in the middle of it. Wouldn't be surprised. Someone got a nick on the face there. <laughs> this is not what you want to see after. That close of it a game. It has been a great game. We've got everything going on right now. It's we still have guys running after people. Someone in the crowd was hurt and hit. Oh, it looks like. Come on. A young girl. Well, we got a manager that has blood on his face, and we still got guys that need to get to the locker room. Everyone's still (laughs) rallying here. What? So. Uh, courtesy ESPN Plus, Sam Kamen and Katie Goodman kind of sound like they're describing a spoiled burger at Wendy's <laughs> as they are talking about an absolute bench-clearing brawl with uh, extreme voice inflection like, this is not good. And, <laughs> oh, boy. What's going on here? Oh, my goodness. They still need to get to the locker room. And it, it, uh, <laughs> it kind of brings back uh, maybe audio from a previous uh, interaction involving a couple of other teams, but listen to how this brawl was described. Right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Ramirez went in with a head first slide. Hosey never gets upset about anything. They came up chewing. Anderson squared off. Posey decked him. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) If you're going to be calling games, you need to have a pulse or you need to be fired. Are you on or off the bandwagon? I'm on. I couldn't tell what the hell was happening. Give me some description. Give me something. Excitement. I mean, apparently 
players went into the stands and a girl got caught up in it, and then they go with the trainer with the bloody face. Like, how'd this stuff happen? This is You got to paint a picture. Good. It's not good. They need to get to the locker room. Oh, this boy. This is very bad. How could this be happening after such a great game? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, they, you know what that guy reminded me of? Remember the Boom Goes the Dynamite guy from back in the day? And Boom Goes the Dynamite. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness, Carl. <laughs> did you just see that? That's the worst. I think his brains just flew right out of his helmet. Back to you, Bob. Gets the ball, passes to the man, and Boom Goes the Dynamite. <laughs> you suck. Yeah, uh... Fire them. Fire them both. Get them out of here. Yeah, I'm on this bandwagon, man. Like, no emotion. You know, just come on, man. Like, show a little bit of emotion. And just like the J-Ram one, that, that, that was amazing, man. That, that was an amazing call right there. So, yeah, I'm on this bandwagon. You know, and it's no excuse to be like play-by-play guys, color analysts of Southland Conference basketball because... I know some good people that have done Southland Conference calls. Like Mark Vandermeer used to do Southland Conference tournaments. Uh, I think Nate Griffin used to do Southland Conference uh, Butch basketball. Butch Alcindor does them. Alex um, Del Barrio used to do it. Like these guys, like are excited. You know, they they paint the picture. They're in it. I mean, you don't want it to sound like you know slap. You know what Southland Conference basketball? You want it to sound big. And those guys were horrible. Maybe if you were paying more than fifty dollars a game. <laughs> Maybe. You wouldn't get Sam Kamen and Katie Goodman because I would tell you, after that game, I would only have two words for those two people. You're fired! <laughs> Our bandwagon is full. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> Number two, uh, according to our friends at Climbing Towels Hill, uh, the Astros just absolutely swindled uh, a promising reliever right off of the L.A. Dodgers. Just absolutely stole him. We screwed the Dodgers again, did we? Um, Mark Washington uh, getting a a non-roster invite. With the Houston Astros, uh, he used to be in the Dodgers organization last year at AAA OKC. 369 ERA, 43 punchouts in 30 appearances. He is six foot seven. Goodness, and uh, he's a guy who, uh, for his career in the minor league, strikes out about a batter an inning. Uh, for his minor league career, 309 ERA, 124 whip. Seems like a promising reliever. 27? Yeah. He's going to be 28 in a month. Yeah, okay. Would you like to guess how many major league baseball games he's appeared in? Mm, four. <laughs> Try again. Zero. Zero. <laughs> he's going to be 28 years old before the season starts. He's been in zero Major League Baseball games, but they said, here's the headline, Astros steal promising reliever from Dodgers for next to nothing. Um, Our friends at Climbing Towels Hill were trying a little too hard here. 
Are you on or off the bandwagon? I've got to be on the bandwagon. They were trying too hard. I mean, once upon a time ago, the Astros did swindle the Dodgers for one Jordan Alvarez. And it was glorious. However, (laughs) we're talking about a reliever that's 28 years old or about to be. Not necessarily, um, you know, potentially a future Astro Hall of Famer, maybe even a Hall of Famer. Who knows if Jordan keeps this up. But, uh, yeah, you're going to have to uh, slow your roll a little bit. Uh, I'm on the bandwagon. Too much. Yeah, I'm on it, too. It's a little clickbaity. Um, and zero appearances in the majors. Like, come on, man. That, that's not a steal. Yeah, give us something. And look, for as long as this guy's pitched in the minor leagues, like, you better have some badass numbers. Like, Badass. These are eh, okay. Meh. I, I want to. It's enough for me to say. You know what? If uh, you know the Astros pitching coaches can revitalize other careers like uh, Garrett Cole or Charlie Morton, you know that's cool. That's one thing, and get the very best out of these guys like Ryan Stanek they had over the years, Hector Neris, Rafael Montero. I'm willing to give them a shot on this guy, but. Uh, so the Andre headline porn for sure. So the Andre Scrub comparisons are not doing it for you. <laughs> God no. What about the Anoli Paredes comparisons? Stop. Who's that? Did he <laughs> get out of here? Like I don't even think Anoli Paredes made four big league appearances for him. Well, uh, that is a full bandwagon. All right. And look, guys, you definitely were tr- we're a little bit too much on the try hard here, but I appreciate the hustle. I want you to know. Even though I think you tried too hard, you definitely went clickbaity. I understand that's how the bills get paid, and and, and I'm not hating on you, but you, you definitely uh, tried a little too hard. We're low on time, so this is going to be uh, our last one. Austin one. Rivers mm-hmm. took umbrage with J.J. Redick for calling out his pops. Um, I mean, first off, I don't feel responsible to take off. He's a grown man. He could do his own thing. Uh, but in this regard, I just simply don't agree with it. Um, for someone who's not accountable, he seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't go right. <laughs> he got fired in the bubble uh, for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team didn't want to be there. They had players saying that their mind wasn't there. They had guys leave. That happened. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. Um seems like he's always responsible. It's just it's strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. <laughs> um, it's just your best years were with the Clippers. I don't think he saved your career. I appreciate you, Pat. But I don't think it – I mean, I, this just seems a little bit weird. They're, they're 3-7. and seven. Dame's missed most of those games. Middleton's missed a lot of those games. They haven't even had their full team yet. We'll see what happens. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. Hmm. Austin Rivers was not happy with J.J. Red, And it basically you had your best careers under my dad. Oh, we had to bench your ass in the fourth quarter. Austin Rivers, J.J. Reddick, steel cage match at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. Are you on or off the bandwagon? Woo, man. Uh, Austin Rivers is a feisty son of a gun, man, and so is JJ. I'm all in for that. Yeah, I need to see it. I'm on the bandwagon. Woo! Absolutely on. Um, I think, I think uh, there's some validation though to the uh, JJ Reddick argument in the faults and shortcomings of one Doc Rivers, though. But I would love to see them duke it out. Absolutely on. Oh, I'm all on this bandwagon, man. Like two of these guys just going at it on a steel cage. Come Who's on. winning? Who's winning? 
JJ. I think JJ. What? Wins. Yeah, I think JJ wins. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, like, he's sitting there defending his pops. Like, come on, man. Just, just duke it out, little dukies. <laughs> to be the man. Woo! You got to beat the man. And brother, I'm the man. There you go. Woo! <laughs> I love it. Book it! I love it. So we're all on that bandwagon. Good stuff, PC. Appreciate you, my man. Uh, coming up next, if you believe it or not, it's the final segment of the show. And we've got a couple of things we're going to get to. Why the NFL will not let anybody ever hear maybe the most intriguing scene come out of Super Bowl 58. And you decide. Was this a bold claim or just another burn by Stephen A? We'll let you hear it next at Sports Radio 610. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. Back on Area 45, Hold Sports on, I'm Radio not ready to talk yet. What? Go ahead. Dude, we're talking about Bajani's uncle. <laughs> and Bajani, Bajani's uncle is, is a former Major League Baseball player. And he just kind of like... Talk, oh, yeah, you just, you know, you, my, my uncle played with No. His <laughs> uncle played 17 years in the major leagues and had two top 10 MVP finishes and won two World Series. And he's like, well, you know, my uncle, like, like, he talks about like like it's like, like he's played high school. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know you're a baseball guy, but I guess I wasn't expecting you to be that interested in like baseball from like yesteryear, you know, played in the, you know, 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. And? And my grandfather played. And he's got two rings. And he's got two rings, yeah. And he played for the Giants and he played for the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Gus Mancuso, man. I mean, dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I told you, you get lost in looking at all the guys that he played with. And he caught Carl Hubble. He... Played with Mel Ott. I mean, he threw the Titans of the game from then. Yeah. Yeah. I got to show you a couple of really cool pictures. One that makes its way onto uh, Twitter every once in a while. You ever Do you ever follow a, a baseball history nut? You know that Twitter account? They post, like, historical pictures uh, literally weekly. And this one always kind of makes its way on there. And it's uh, him catching one of Babe Ruth's final games. And there you go. I'll show you that picture right there. And I'll show it to the people on Twitch and that YouTube. That is awesome. That's a great picture. There you go. If people can see it on uh, the Twitch and YouTube. Uh, 
Yeah, that's one of my favorite picks, and it's it makes its rounds. He uh, that I think that one actually Babe is scoring because he just my uncle called the wrong pitch and he had a home run. I think that was off of Carl Hubble actually. <laughs> yeah, you'll get lost in all that stuff, man. I, this just uh, it's well, Hubble crazy. will get him in the in the All Star game. Got him in the All Star game. Yep, first uh, first ever All Star game. What was it nineteen thirty three? Struck out, I believe it was. was it was him, Ruth Fox, uh, Gehrig, Jimmy Fox. Hack Wilson. I mean, just I think it was Hack Wilson. It's the, it's the like murderous row of strikeouts. <laughs> yeah. Of wait a second, he struck out. He struck out five Hall of Famers in a row. Yeah. Which is just. Like, All right. Let's see who it is. It's uh, Ruth. So this Gehrig, is Fox. The 1934 All Star Game. Okay. Ruth Gehrig and Fox. Those and are the easy ones to get. He strikes out Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Al Simmons, Al Simmons. and Joe Cronin. Cronin, yeah. All in right. order. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sweet, man. Hey, did you and not uh, only that, but he struck out Ruth and Gehrig in this game with the Polo Grounds. So you know the crowd was going nuts because oh, yeah. Giants fans hated the Yankees. The Yankees, of course, used to play in the polo grounds. They rented the polo grounds from the Giants. As the Yankees were getting better, the Giants kicked them out. Yeah. They built their own stadium right across the freaking river. And, you know, that was, you know, where the the rivalry then really takes off. Yeah. Yeah, polo grounds is one of the coolest stadiums from back in the day, man. The bathtub, it was called. (laughs) Was it really? So, is that an old horse racing track, right? No, so the polo grounds, uh, if you ever look up the uh, the dimensions, the polo grounds. Yeah, it was like 250 down the line. To go right down the line, it's super short because it's it's squared mm-hmm. like a bathtub. So as you go out it's it, as you go out to the outfield, it just goes straight out and then cuts straight across like a square. And then there's a deep pocket in dead, dead center. Yeah, field. was that like 485 yeah. or something? So when you see... Um, the Willie Mays, Willie Mays patch. Yeah, that was right Okay, in front that, of that is just to the right of the deep well in Sunnyfield. That's 450 feet yeah. from home plate. Yeah. That's a home run in any other stadium <laughs> in baseball. And Willie Mays is running it down and then firing the ball in. Man, if you're Vic Wirtz who hit that ball, you are freaking saying lots of bad words. That's <laughs> yeah. a home run anywhere except in the bathtub. Yeah, man. That's good stuff. Um, I I have a lot of baseball history that most people are like that is completely useless. It's not useless. It's baseball but history. I love. Baseball. I, love, uh, I, love I didn't know. I I knew you love baseball. I didn't know you uh, went back that far back with it. Like you'll love some of the stuff uh, that I could show you and tell you about, man. So since we're you're familiar with the uh, the Babe Ruth cold shot, yeah. Okay, so it's thirty two World Series. Yep, and. You know, this consternation of whether or not Ruth was pointing the bat at the center field, the pitcher. Or talking uh, crap to the Cubs yeah. dugout, yeah. So, probably doing all three, to be honest with you. So, the pitcher is Charlie Root. Mm-hmm. Charlie Root, to this day, holds the record most all-time wins by a Cub pitcher. Nobody knows this. All they know about Charlie Root was cold shot home run. I'll be damned. I'll be damned. I did not know that. And so... Who's second? Do you know? Nope. Doesn't matter. 
Uh, well, Nobody cares about second. It does it does to me? Nobody got, cares about second place. No, because well, I want read better question. Like who's going to break that record for the Cubs? Who's going to break that record for the Cubs? Who's going to uh, win the most games as a Chicago Cub? Charlie Root. Charlie Root, two hundred and one wins. Oh my goodness! So Fergie Jenkins didn't break it. Who's close? Is there anybody that's close? Um, Mordecai, three-finger Mordecai Brown, 188. <laughs> Fergie Jenkins, 167. <laughs> Kippo Vaughn, one, yet yeah, nobody is close. Nobody ah, this is, is taking me way too long. I'm trying to find, like, a current list. Nobody uh, on the current roster is, is anywhere near 130 wins as a Cub. Wins, here we go. Here we go. Nobody's even in the top 10 that can still get it. Guy Bush is number six. Clark Griffith, who they named a stadium after since. <laughs> Hippo Vaughn, Bill Lee, John Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got a long way to go. Though, you know, like baseball's different. Like getting to 300 wins, that's going to be a thing that may never happen again for like any pitcher ever to hang around that long, much less 200. To hold that franchise, that 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 franchise record is. I mean, think about like three hundred wins as like a automatic number for pitchers. You get three hundred wins, you go to the Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. But in today's the way baseball is today, it it's damn near impossible to get three hundred wins. In fact, the, the only three active pitchers with any legit shot at three hundred wins are Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, and Garrett Cole. Yeah, and that's going They're that opportunity is going to die with three. them and their careers. Verlander has the best shot. He's closest. Scherzer, it's going to be really hard for Scherzer because he's been breaking down a lot uh, in recent years. He's broken down a lot. So I don't know that he's going to – I don't think Scherzer's going to have uh, a real shot at 300. And then Garrett Cole is like the next best chance to get 300 wins, and that's just because he – you know, he plays. Look, he plays on a good team. He's a great pitcher. He plays on a good team. He's getting a lot of wins. The guys don't pitch long enough every anymore. year. But Garrett Cole is now thirty-three years old. Yeah, and he has uh, hundred and forty-five wins, and he's like the only other guy with like a legitimate. I mean, if he plays ten more years, him. if he plays ten more years, you got to average fifteen wins per season. Yeah, which means you're going to need a few 20-win seasons in there to make up for your 12-win seasons. Yeah. and I don't think it's happening, man. That, it, it that's would be, one of the it's things. It's going to be really hard. Because look at like 2022. He was 13-8. and Because led the league in strikeouts, but he was 13-8 because, well, the Yankees weren't all that great. Yeah. Uh, last year, he was 15-4. and four. And he overcame the fact the Yankees weren't necessarily all that great and led the league in in innings pitched and led the league in ERA plus and led the league in whip and led the league in hits and won Cy Young and led the league in ERA. And, you know, I mean, 2021, he led the league in wins. He only had 16 wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really hard to get to 300. And he's like the only active pitcher under 37 years old that you can look at and say, all right, there's an outside chance. Uh, Kyle Hendricks. How many wins does he have? Cubs starting pitcher right now. How many uh, career wins? Probably uh, not that many. I don't think he was a starter his whole career. Um, let's see. He's got 93 wins. Yeah. And let's see. He's already 34. No. Yeah, he's 34. Yeah, he's th- age 34. 
<laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, aside from the guys that you just mentioned, like Verlander and Scherzer and Garrett Cole. And he actually has been a, a starter his whole career. It's just that there were seasons where he didn't pitch the whole season. Yeah. So, like, one year he made 24 starts. One year he made, he made uh, 16 starts. Last year he only had 24 starts. Uh, the COVID season really hurts everybody because, of, you know, I mean, if, if you're a starting pitcher, you might have made 12 starts that year. Yeah. Still or what? Are wins going to be end up being one of those things that's devalued? Is it already being devalued because of the way the game has changed with starting pitchers? I think like, the number has to be adjusted. So I think 250 wins is going to become 300 wins because of the way baseball specialized the bullpen, uh, the way that pitchers go shorter and shorter. Uh, I just if you get to 250 wins in today's era, you were one of the most dominant pitchers of your of your of your era. Yeah, and even, right now. I mean, you want to see something crazy? Let's let's. Two hundred and fifty wins seems almost unattainable, even the way the game has changed right now, like the way that it's played right now. So Jacob Degrom has two Cy Youngs, probably could have three. Uh, he had been one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball for a what seven year stretch. Mm-hmm. He's 84 wins. Yeah, how many games has he missed? Well, not <laughs> only that, but I mean, here, give you an example. In 2018, he won the first of back-to-back Cy Youngs. He had a 170 ERA. He struck out 269 guys in 217 innings, and he was 10-9. and nine. Because the Mets suck. <laughs> yeah. It's like very Nolan Ryan-esque numbers when he was with the Astros. The next year, he wins his second. Oh, even with the Rangers. Yeah. 243 ERA, 255 strikeouts, and 204 innings, 11 and 8. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, think about it. you're throwing over 200 innings, and you're winning 10 and 11 games because your team can't score, and then the bullpen can't hold the lead. Exactly, yeah. That's crazy, man. Well, we, I'll tell you this much. We got a lot more to get to tomorrow night because we didn't get to a lot of it tonight. So you got to join us again tomorrow, 7 to 10, right here on Sports Radio 610. It's Area 45. Hope you enjoyed it tonight. Appreciate you being a part of the show. If you were, if not, get in here tomorrow. You got the rest of the week to do it. For Chris Santiago, Patrick Creighton, I'm Sean Bajani. Have a great night, everybody. H-Town! It is just so hard. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.